Good morning. Hope you guys are wide awake. We're going to start off in some worship here in just a few minutes, and I'd love to be able to hear you sing over us. That'd be awesome. Well, uh, this morning, I just want to introduce myself real quick to those of you who might not know me. My name is James Coleman. I am the student minister here at Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church. And if this is your first time here uh, visiting with us, I just want to extend a, just, uh, a very sincere welcome to you. We were so glad you decided to join us this morning for worship. Um, once the service is finished, there's a, uh, we have a gift for you right outside in the Welcome Center. Sorry about that. But we have a gift for you back at our Welcome, Welcome Center. Be sure to stop by there. Let them know that this is your first time visiting with us, and we will give you that small gift. And within that gift, there's also some information about our church and how we can come alongside you in your walk with Christ and maybe how you can jump in and be a part of what God is doing here in our church. Uh, can I pray for us real quick, and we'll dive into some worship? Father, thank you for this time that we get to spend together. God, we ask that you will uh, be blessed by every word sung, every, every thought that we have, every meditation of our hearts, Lord, and that uh, you would just be here in our worship. God, we love you. We trust you. We surrender all praise, honor, and glory to Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and join us? Well, good morning. Let's sing together. Years I spent in vanity and pride, but Calvary. Years I spent vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Multiplied to me, there my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. By God's word, at last my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the law I spurned, till my guilty soul imploring turned to
Take a few moments and greet somebody around you this morning.
victory this morning, church, don't we? The battle belongs to him. No matter what you're going through, the battle is already won. And he deserves all the praise and all the glory this morning. He is worthy of it. And so may we sing with intensity of our hearts, join together as one, praising our God. Let's sing this next song together. May our homes be filled with dancing. Never alone are the leaders. 
Hear the scripture from Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 8. There is a time for everything, and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to uproot. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to tear down, and a time to seek. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time for war, and a time for peace. This morning we come together as a church who believes in prayer. We believe in our God. We believe that in prayer we are uh, having a conversation with Him. And I wanted to share a quote with you this morning from Charles Spurgeon where he says, True prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is, a far, deep, it is far deeper than that. It is, spirit, it, it is a spiritual transaction with the Creator of heaven and earth. Our prayers don't leave and come back void. Our God listens to us. We believe our God is extremely personal, and we don't try to make a show of prayer. Even Jesus tells us not to make a show of prayer. So do not be like one of the Pharisees who stands in the public square praying for all to see. We believe that prayer is something that is very personal to us. And because we are a church that believes in prayer, I want to invite you to come and join me as we, as we pray for our congregation, as we pray for uh, 
and those who are near and dear to our hearts, will you come? Will you come? Jesus, we come before you today to thank you for who you are. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are the God who led the Israelites through the wilderness. You are the God who provides. You are the God who came down to this earth and you placed yourself on a cross so that we wouldn't have to. You knew the penalty of our sin, Lord, and you gladly took it upon yourself. And God, that's enough. You don't have to do any more than that, but you choose to. And God, we are humbled that you see it fit to save us. And God, this morning, we want to lift up to you the burdens of our hearts. God, we lift up to you the, the people that are, that are on our hearts and minds, Lord, who are dealing with sickness or injury. God, that you would bring healing to their bodies, that you would bring comfort and peace to their hearts and minds. Father, we lift up Miss Vivian, that you would continue to be with her, and God, we pray for miraculous healing. God, we, we pray that you would be with the entire Lester family, Lord, as they are caring for their mother, their grandmother. God, we ask that you would give, give Pastor Todd assurance that he's exactly where he needs to be, and that um, though he misses us here, I'm sure, Lord, I just pray that you will give him comfort and peace. Father, we ask that you will be with uh, all those in our congregation, Lord, who may be mourning during this time, that, that you would give them peace and comfort. Father, we pray that anyone that is maybe struggling with depression, anxiety, or guilt, or shame, God, maybe even our finances, Lord, are, are struggling. But God, we just pray that you will provide for us, that you, God, will give us comfort, that you will show us who you are, and that you will reveal to us, God, who we are because of who you are who you have called us to be. Father, we pray that you will help us, Lord, to, to seek your kingdom first and to trust you to provide everything we need. God, we pray for our future generations, Lord, our children that are represented in our youth group, that are represented in our children's ministry, Lord, that, that you would be with them, Lord, and that you would bring them comfort, that you would bring them peace. God, that you would help us to be the, the, the adult leaders in this church, God, that you would help us to be the mentors in this church to raise them up in the way that they should go. God, and we pray for anyone who is experiencing some kind of shame because of the sin that they're, they're in, Lord. We just ask that you will give them peace from it. Help us to break the cycles of sin in our lives and, and to fully devote ourselves to you. Because though I was born into sin and into transgression, God, you see it fit to set us free from it. And God, we could not be more thankful. We love you and we trust you and we surrender all praise, honor, and glory to the holy name of Jesus Christ, our King. Amen.
As the sun rises on a new year, we reflect on the moments that shaped us, the challenges that tested us, and the joys that filled our hearts. In the ever-changing landscape of life, one thing has remained constant, our God. He is unchanging and steadfast. He walks with us through every stage of life. As we enter into this new year, we have the privilege of walking with the same mighty God. The same God who made a way when all else felt dark. The same God who is making an eternal home for us. His promises endure, bringing hope and light to every corner of our existence. With each sunrise, His love unfolds anew guiding us through the uncharted territories of the coming days. As we navigate the unknown, we cling to the certainty that His grace will be our compass, leading us towards a future filled with purpose and direction. We don't know what this year is going to bring, but we do know who is going before us and beside us. As we step into the new year, let us marvel at the wonders around us, let us find joy in the simple yet profound truth that our God remains the same. Amen. Don't we believe that our God remains the same? Well, good morning. Oh, let's try that again. It's now like the 8.30 service. Let's try that again. Good morning. Oh, it's so good to see you this morning. Um, if you're new and visiting with us, thank you so much for choosing to worship with us and it's a, it's a great day to be here in the house of the Lord. My name is Sean Sherwood. I'm the associate pastor of music and worship, and it's my honor to be speaking with you um, from God's word this morning. Uh, pastor Todd and uh, Kelly and the family send their love. Um, continue praying for Miss Vivian. Uh, my last report I got from her yesterday was she was stable, but we still need prayers. And I know they'll be watching this, and Pastor Todd, we are praying for you all. Um, you and Tim, Terry, and Jerry, uh, and all the family. Um, so just keep them in your prayers. If you've never got to meet Miss Vivian, she's one of the sweetest, most talented 90-year-olds you'll ever meet in your entire life. She would play for us in the first service, uh, and we love her. I mean, we've only been killing her only been about six months, and we just fell right in love with Miss Vivian. So uh, we are, can't wait to see her back in the sanctuary, hopefully sooner versus later. But it's an exciting time to be in the house of the Lord. It's 2024. Welcome. Uh, oh, you're too excited about that. I can tell. <laughs> well, good thing we're talking about what we're talking about today. I, you know, I, I am honored to be able to speak. Pastor Todd asked me if I would um, so he could be with Miss Vivian, and I said, of course I would. Um, and God laid on my heart a message actually about two months ago, and I've been praying for the opportunity uh, that God would open the door. But, you know, Pastor Todd's not here, so I thought I have to keep the tradition alive by telling a little bit of a joke. So I searched, uh, I searched and searched for a joke, and I found a couple of them, but then, then someone, a friend of mine, sent me um, something that I want to, it's not really, a, it's a joke, but it's, I'm not going to tell it, it's actually going to show up on the screen here in just a second. Um, a friend of mine was passing by a church sign, and he saw this church sign and said, I think you'll find this hilarious. So let's put it on the screen, Andy. Most of you got that one, prophecy class canceled due to unforeseen circumstances, right? That's kind of uh, ironic, right? So anyway, that's, that's my joke. That's a tribute to Todd. Uh, so um, anyway, I think, I think I got a little bit more laugh on the laugh-o-meter than his joke. Maybe, I don't know. But 
I, I am, it's honored to be here. Anytime that I get to um, speak from God's word, um, it is a really special time. And so a couple months ago, God laid on my heart some thoughts. Um, and, you know, like I said, I've been praying for him to open the opportunity, and he did. And so um, this morning, we're going to look at that Ecclesiastes verse that JT read so eloquently a little bit earlier. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And it's a very important passage for us because it talks about seasons. There are seasons in life that we all will face. Some will be good. Some will be not so good. And this morning, I don't know you personally, so I don't know what season of life you may be in. You may be in a time of rejoicing and joyful season of celebration. Or you might be in a trying time. Your response to welcome to 2024 may also have had a little bit of, Sean, you don't know what my 2023 was like. And I'm a little hesitant as to what 2024 is going to hold. Well, I can promise you this, that God is the same as he was yesterday and today and will be forever. And this morning, my hope as we journey through three seasons that I believe all of us will face, I pray that we understand that we're not alone in those seasons, that God stands with us, he is fighting our battles for us, and we have victory over even the toughest of circumstances. Because this is what I know, we'll all face those seasons. And we have two options. With those seasons, we can either lean into God and trust that he is who he says he is, or we can turn the other way and run away from God, which leads to terrible circumstances in most cases, if not all. And so this morning, as we look at the, circumstance, uh, the, the different seasons of life, I want us to journey through them, okay? So the first season of life is the season of preparation. Now, preparation, this, to me, can feel like one of the most frustrating seasons. And the reason why is because you don't really necessarily, the other seasons you kind of can find an ending to, but the season of preparation is just what it says. You're preparing for something. Now, maybe that's a preparation for a relocation or maybe a job change or maybe a relationship shift. But the preparation, the season of preparation can be kind of the most grueling preparation a lot of times. You know, I'll give you an example. I'm a musician, as all of you know, hopefully. Um, and our choir went through a, well, some of them would say grueling, but I think it was enjoyable, season of preparation for Christmas. And it, and, and it was hard. I'll be honest. It was sometimes that, you know, we would sit there and we're like, ooh, are we going to really get this together? But the preparation paid off. Because the preparation leads to the final product, and if you had the opportunity to see Christmas at the Forks back in December, you'll know what I'm talking about. They did a spectacular job, and I'm so proud of them. So we all prepare for things. Um, I'm not really a sports all person, is what Kelly and I joke at calling it, but we like sports, but we're just not really heavy into it. But if you know football or you know any other sport, you don't just walk onto the field and play. Right? You, have to, you have to prepare. Uh, the last school I was teaching at, they would have two-a-days in the summer and prepare because they know what the end product's going to be, right? We want to win the championship, win all the games to get to the championship. That was the goal, right? And so for all of us in the room, we'll face a season of preparation. We don't necessarily know maybe what we're preparing for in some cases, 
And in some, in a, in some other instances, it may be some of the most frustrating times. But what I, I like us to do is the best place to find guidance is the Word of God. And so Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by, your, by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So the first thing I pull from Romans 12 is whenever I'm in a season of preparation, I don't want to conform to what the world will tell me, right? Because the world's going to tell me, don't trust in God. The world's going to tell me, hey, why don't you go tap into that bottle a little bit? Why don't you, you know, go, go take some of the drugs? Why don't you go get medicated? Why don't you step away from church? That's not really helping you anyway. And so I have to do what the second half of that is, which is do not conform to the world, but be transformed by seeking his guidance. So in the season of preparation, we've got to seek God to be able to make it through that season. Now you'll see there's a common theme. We seek God in every season. But the season of preparation in particular can be challenging. Because a lot of times we may not know where the end, where the end result's going to be. We may be kind of drifting through this and we're like, God, I just don't know what you're doing and I really wish you would show me. And so it takes some trust on our part in seeking his will for our life. And God will reveal it to you if you ask him. That, that's the other thing. The beauty of our seasons is God doesn't leave us in any season. God wants to help guide us through those seasons. And so Romans 12 tells us, listen, seek God to find your perfect will and plan for your life. Proverbs 15, 22 says, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. So not only are we not going to conform to the world, and we're going to seek God's guidance for our life, but we're also going to seek godly counsel from brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, the body, which is what we consider the church as the body, as the Bible tells us, one with many parts. And it's important that we understand that we don't walk these journeys alone ever. No season of life should be handled alone. We have to seek godly counsel. We have to seek out maybe our, our Sunday school, maybe a, a friend of ours who's a pastor. Because at the end of the day, if we seek earthly counsel from the world, we know that's not going to lead us down the path that God wants us to go. It'll lead us to destruction. But if we seek godly counsel, by reaching out to a, a brother and sister in Christ, and if you look around, there's plenty of those folks sitting in this room. We have to seek God's counsel, but then also godly counsel from brothers and sisters. And then this last verse says this, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour if we seek God's will for our life, we seek God's wisdom, and we reach out and we surround ourselves with brothers and sisters in Christ who are our godly counsel, it will help us be alert from Satan who wants nothing more than to destroy us. That's what 1 Peter 5, 8 is saying. It's saying be alert. 
So in the season of change, I'm sorry, the season of preparation, we have to be alert. We have to say, God, put a hedge of protection around my mind, around my heart, and let me stay laser focused on you. God surrounds me with those who can give me wise, godly counsel from your word. And most importantly, God, allow me to follow the path that you've set before me. See, in the season of preparation, you're preparing for something. Could be a shift in your job. Maybe you're unsure. Maybe uh, you're in a place where you've been and you've gotten very comfortable, but you know it's not a good position for you, a good job, good environment, but you're afraid to take the step of faith out. Maybe it's a relationship shift, and God's been telling you, and you've been feeling something pulling on your heart that says, this relationship's too toxic, I need to separate myself. There could be a myriad of different situations within the season of preparation. But if we seek God, seek others that have godly counsel to surround us, and be alert, it's a great way to navigate successfully the season of preparation. So the season of preparation is our first season we look at today. The second season is the season, and there's many words that could describe this season, but the one that really spoke to me and I landed on was the season of challenge. This looks different in many ways. Season of challenge can be taking that step of faith for that new job or ending that relationship that you know you shouldn't be in. Or it could be the other side of that coin. It could be the loss of a loved one. Many times, we associate seasons of mourning with the loss of a loved one or a close friend. The seasons of challenge has many different angles to it. And you're going to face it at some point. Some of you are sitting in here and you said, you're saying, Sean, 2023 was a season of challenge for me. You don't know what I've been through in the last year. And I'm so hesitant about walking into 2024 because I, I just can't, I can't take on another season of challenge. I can't take on all the, the hurt and the pain that I felt last year. And some of you, we could, we could go years back even. Well, can I promise you this? You're going to hear this quite a bit. That God has never left you. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the season of change, while it is hard, it's a very, very tough time. You don't have to walk it alone, nor do you have to try to navigate the waters without anyone else. There's some scripture that I think of when I think of the season of change. And this is what they come to mind. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So this first part of the season of challenge is giving you permission to grieve. You know, a lot of times 
We're told it's not good necessarily. I mean, like, especially as male figures, we're told don't cry. It's not manly. But let me just promise you this. Last time I checked, the God above, Jesus Christ himself, he wept. So in my mind, he's the manliest man I can think of. And so it's okay to grieve. It's okay to have those moments of sadness. But if you stay in that time of sadness and grief, you can't move forward into what God has for you. And that's why this verse is important, because the grieving is important. It's a very crucial step in this process. But then understanding that you have the great comforter who wants to comfort you in this moment. We talked about it a minute ago, not to do it alone. The great comforter himself wants to give you that comfort. He wants to say, it's okay, my son, my daughter. Crawl up in daddy's lap. I'm here for you. I love you. But too many times I think we're afraid to call on him, even though we know that. And so we can look at this and we can say, okay, it's okay to grieve. I can be comforted by the great comforter himself. The next verse that comes to mind is John 16, 20. This is Jesus speaking, and I want to listen very carefully to what Jesus says. <clears throat> he says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. Jesus is saying, he's saying, listen, yeah, you're going you're gonna to weep. He's telling the disciples this. He says, you're going to weep, and the world is going to rejoice. Now, let's, let's get perspective on the timeline here. So this passage, or where Jesus is talking, is right before he is going to basically head to crucifixion, right? He's fixing to be arrested in the trial, and he's going to be beat, and he's going to go down a cross for us. And the disciples know this. Like, they know that, that something as bad is on its way. And so Jesus is saying, listen, he's like, you're going to weep. He's like, you're going to be sorrowful. And he says, and the world is going to rejoice. <coughs> However, this is what, what Jesus does this. He says, he says, you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. That's really hard for us to understand in times of sadness. In the seasons of challenge, it's very hard for us to understand that there is joy on the other side. It just, just not sure when we're going to feel it, when we're going to see it, when we're going to sense it. So we listen to Jesus' words here. He says, listen, your sorrow will turn into joy. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but it will turn into joy. So if you're sorrowful, please don't feel bad for being sorrowful, but trust in God. Be comforted by him as our great comforter because he proclaims it. Your sorrow will turn into joy. Many times, it's hard for us to trust that God is our comforter and to trust that there is joy in the morning. When we experience such great loss as family, friends, we have a sense of doom to a certain extent, as if there's no light at the end of the tunnel. You know, this beginning of this year, you may have experienced something in the first week of this year. It's only one weekend, and you're like, Sean, I, am not, I need to find joy 
I'm experiencing so much sorrow. Use an example. Uh, Our choir has experienced sorrow this year already. First weekend. One of our wonderful choir members, Ms. Carolyn Collins, passed away suddenly this past Thursday. And if you ever met Carolyn or, you know, go back and watch the services, you'll see she always had bright colors on. She always had a smile that light up a room. She was one of the sweetest people you ever meet. She had a beautiful voice. But Wednesday when I had to tell the choir that Miss Carolyn probably would not make it through the night, we experienced sorrow together. The saving grace that I have whenever we lose friends and family who we love is that they're no longer full of pain. They're no longer having to face this earthly world. They are in the presence of the Most High God, experiencing heavenly sunlight that we all eventually, if we know him, will experience together. And that can be hard to to take into our hearts when we're in pain. The last verse that comes to mind when I think about the season of challenge is Jesus again talking in John 16, 33. He says, I have said these things to you that in me you have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Church, no one else has overcome the world, overcome the grave, only Jesus himself. And for us, in these seasons of challenge, if we can just allow our hearts and our minds to settle into the fact that Jesus himself just says this. He says, I have overcome the world. Folks, like that is the encouragement above all encouragements. That is where we should lean into in these seasons of challenge so we can have joy in the morning. Because if we allow the world to tell us otherwise, folks, let me just tell you, it is dark. There is no hope. That's what they'll tell you. We see it all over the news. We see it all over TV. We read about it all around. But Jesus says, I have overcome the world. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is our sovereign, in-charge God. And there is nothing that any of us can go through that he cannot overcome. So when you enter seasons of challenge, know that there is a purpose and a plan for it. I'll give you an example. So uh, years back, my uh, father and my grandmother died within about a month of each other. Uh, my grandmother died of pancreatic cancer. My father died of a massive heart attack. He, uh, I didn't, wasn't really close to my father, but you know, just the gravity of two family members dying so close. I was very close to my grandmother. So when she died, I, I kind of struggled with it, as many of you have experienced loss of loved ones in your life. And I, and I made the human error to ask God why. Now, all of us in this room have probably done that. God, why did you take them? Why did you let them have cancer? And 
I, I asked that question. Of course, I feel very dumb about asking that question now. But I asked that question because I was hurting. And as time progressed over the last the month or so after that, even that week leading up to her to my grandmother's funeral, I began just to praying and saying, God, I just, I just need you to comfort me. You are my great comforter, and I'm, I'm going to lean into that fact. God, I just need you. I know that she's healed. I know that she is restored. And I know she's in a much better place than we are here on earth. And over time, God began to heal my heart when it came to that. Not that I had a grudge against God or I wouldn't hold anything against him, but he healed my heart because it hurts. It hurts when you lose someone you love. I just still couldn't quite understand, even though I I had said, God, I'm sorry for asking why. But a year later, one of the students I was serving in a student ministry, one of the students comes to my office, and he says, um, he says, Sean, he says, can I talk to you? I said, sure. And so he, said, he sits down in my office, and tears are in his eyes, and I said, what's wrong? And he says, my grandmother's about to die from pancreatic cancer. In that moment, I knew why. It provided me with an opportunity to be able to minister, to be able to serve the student who was going through the same loss that I had faced just a year prior. So you don't know why you're going through a season until God reveals it to you. And I will say, after that meeting I had, I had to take a few moments and apologize to God, as we so often have to, <laughs> and say, God, I'm, I'm sorry for asking you why, and I thank you that the opportunity you gave me to be able to minister to this student. And I was able to be there for his family and for him. And so don't think that your loss or the season of challenge you're in is for naught. God is in control. There is a purpose and a plan for everything that happens in our lives. Even though sometimes we don't understand it, there's a purpose and a plan. Now some of you are sitting here and you're like, man, this is, this is heavy, Sean. Why are we going to get to the good stuff, the fun stuff? I wouldn't let you do that. So the season of preparation, season of challenge, and the season we all love, the season of joy. Because it's not all doom and gloom. It's not all sad. It's not all serious. We have seasons of joy, seasons of celebration. Some of you may be doing that right now. I'm going to use someone who's not here this morning. Philip, one of our amazing technicians, is fixing to enter into a season of of joy. He's about to have his first baby. And I'm so excited for them. He's not here this week, but I I was like, Philip, this is an exciting time for you. That's a season of joy. God bringing a new life into this world. My my brother-in-law and sister-in-law are fixing to have their little baby, Ava. And about, I think we moved it up, what, three weeks now. I'm like, she's about to bust. It's all at Christmas. I was like, we're going to have to do this right here. It's going to be like the Christmas story all over again. And it was great. But I'm excited for them. Little Ava's going to be here. Those are seasons of joy. We, We go through life in these seasons. Sometimes the season of preparation leads to the season of challenge, or then the season of joy, or maybe the season of challenge leads back to a season of preparation, or maybe the season of challenge leads to joy. But you're going to face a season of joy in your life. If, if you're not there, I promise you it's coming. I promise you it is. 
There's a verse that I think applies to all of these seasons, but I put it under the seasons of joy section because it just works so well. In Psalm 118, 24, this is what it says. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I don't know about you, but I am thankful for every day that I get up out of my bed. I am thankful every day I'm given a breath to be able to wake up and come sing and join you all in worship on Sundays. I'm excited. Like, it warms my spirit. I love choir rehearsal. As you all know, I'm a musician. I got to love choir rehearsal, right? I love it because we get to join together in fellowship. Church, there is a reason to celebrate every morning because you're here. I mean, you're here. Like, you could be elsewhere. And I'm not saying, like, in your bed. I'm saying you could be elsewhere. But you were given a breath to wake up this morning, and you were given clothes to put on this morning, and a, and a, me- a method of transportation to get here. You're here. That's something to rejoice about. I mean, really, am I the only one? Okay, all right, I'm making sure I didn't put you to sleep. That was my hope. But I know. In the seasons of preparation, the seasons of challenge, it's hard to find those moments to rejoice in the morning. So I encourage you, if you're in a season of challenge or preparation, seek out small nuggets of joy. Even if it is, God, thank you for giving me the breath to wake up this morning. Because that is worth rejoicing about. Being able just to wake up. Another verse that comes to mind when I think of seasons of joy is Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Church, we are filled with his presence. If we know him as our personal Lord and Savior. We should be filled with his joy and his peace, but we have to believe that he is the God he says he is. We have to believe that he is the God yesterday, today, and tomorrow, the same God, a life-changing God, a miracle worker, our great physician, our comforter, the one who provides us unfailing love, unconditional love, grace and mercy anew every day. We have to believe that or our joy will be sucked from us. You step outside in the world, the joy will disappear. If you focus on what the world has for you, your joy will disappear. There is nothing better than resting in Jesus Christ himself saying, God, I believe who you are. You are the one who raised from the dead for me. That's where our joy comes from, church. Because with that joy, we find hope. We find peace. The last verse in our seasons of joy is Jeremiah 29, 11. And I want you to hear this verse, especially if you're in a season of preparation or a season of challenge. It says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Some of you sitting in the room or watching online, 
Maybe in a place where you're like, I have no hope. I don't have a future. Yes, you do. You have a future. It's found in Jesus Christ himself. If you're trying to succeed in your future any other way, then I hate to break it to you, you have no future. But if you will trust in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and trust that he is who he says he is, he is the God above all, then we have future and we have hope. Why else would he send his only son for us? Why? If he didn't want us to have a future and have hope. There's no other reason. The babe that was born in a manger that would grow up, take on the punishment of all of our sins was because God wants us to have hope and have future. He's just waiting for you to call to him. You know, these three seasons we talked about, there are, there's one, one thing that I learned uh, probably about 10 years ago in ministry. A pastor friend of mine told me, he said, Sean, be cautious. No matter what season of life you're in, be cautious and remember this word. And the word is halt. H-A-L-T. Some of you may have heard this. He said, if you remember these four words, then you'll be able to succeed in everything in every season of life. So if you haven't heard of it, halt, hungry, never find yourself too hungry, too angry, too lonely, or too tired. H-A-L-T. How many of you are familiar with the term hangry? Can I show of hands? How many of you experienced that? Go ahead, baby, give a hand up. So uh, she didn't hear this in the first service because <laughs> she was backstage and there's no speaker back there. Um, and I do love my wife. Um, but I've experienced episodes of hangry with my bride. Um, and we, we're, on a, we're on a time schedule right now because, no, I'm just kidding. Um, and we have this, uh, you know, I love you. Uh, we have this ongoing joke that if it gets really bad, I sound the alarm. And I go, vroom, vroom. so we're in DEFCON fuchsia, red alert, red alert, and then we, we have to find food. Anyway, if you've ever experienced that, you know what I mean. Some of us have been in that hangry stage. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not innocent by any stretch, you know. <laughs> but never find yourself too hungry. Because if you, if you allow any of these areas to fall, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, if you ever get too far into it and you, you find yourself in this position, Satan can get in quickly. When we're too hungry, our minds do not work properly. Okay? Our bodies can fail us. And so we have to continue to be hungry, angry. How many of you, no show of hands, been on Nicholasville Road in Lexington? You know what I'm talking about. That will cause you to have a meeting with Jesus every single time. And let me tell you, we drive that too often, and I just have to thank the Lord for getting us through another day. Um, but don't allow yourself to get too angry. Because whenever we allow anger to take over our body, we say things we don't mean, 
We act out when we don't mean to, and we hurt others. Once again, Satan is getting in. I love what the Bible says about anger. He says in Proverbs 14, 29, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. So don't let yourself get too hungry, too angry, or too tired. Church, we live in a world that's constantly going. If you have children, you know this exactly all too well. Is that every time you turn around, you got to go somewhere else. You got soccer practice here, you got dance over here, you got school over here, you got work over here, and then you got to try to figure out how we're going to eat, and you figure it out, right? And that can lead to us to be our mental health, physical health to deteriorate. And, and Kelly and I, being musicians, we understand the last two months is a great example of t- being tired. I mean, we are T I R E D, okay, from that. But we purposely take time to stop even though we know there's tons of things to do, and rest. We learned that very early on in our journey. And so I encourage you, never find yourself too hungry, too angry, or too tired. And I skipped a letter, so I got excited. I was thinking to myself, I was like, wait a minute. No, it's halt. This is probably, I'll be honest, this is probably the most important one. Never find yourself too lonely. If you look around the room, there is no reason for you to be lonely. The church was built not to be lonely. The church was designed to do life together. And so if if we're sitting in this room, front behind you, left, right, there is someone here that you can connect with. And you're like, well, Sean, you don't know my situation. You, You don't know the challenge I've been through and, you know, people have hurt me. Well, I, I'm sorry, I, I do. I've been hurt by people too. But I can promise you this, that there is a person or persons in this church that wants to come alongside you in your journey, love you, and walk with you. If you're lonely, and I'm gonna say this with as much love in my heart as possible, that is by your choice alone. Because if you look around, people want to love on you. This church is one of the most loving churches in the world. You will not find a stranger in this church. I can promise you that. Now, I may not remember all your names. Thank you for coming until tell me your names. But you will find somebody in here you can connect with. I'm going to encourage you guys. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, if you are in a, a moment and you're finding yourself too lonely, it is very dangerous what it leads to. If you are in a moment where you're like, I, I'm just really lonely, it leads, if you don't seek the body, it's going to lead down a, a path of m- terrible destruction. Because loneliness will lead you to reaching for a bottle, whether it's, it's liquid or whether it's a pill. It's going to reach you out and push you out to put you in a place where your mind says, I'm not worth anything. Church, hear me when I say this. We are to be for each other every step of the way. Please don't think that you are too far gone that you're going to be shunned. That is not the purpose of the church. We want to come alongside you. We want to guide you. We want to walk the tough, all-terrain road with you. 
because you're worth it. Because God knows you're worth it. Otherwise, why would he send his son to die for you? It's because he loves you. We love you. You're like, well, Sean, you never met me. Okay, I'll be standing out there. You come by and see me. I'll make sure I meet you. But I can promise you I love you. I love you because he loved me first. So this morning, I don't know where you are in your seasons. Some of you are in a season of preparation. Some of you are in a season of challenge. Some of you are in a season of joy. But the promise that we have is that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then no matter what season you're in, if you call on him, if you seek him out, he will listen and he will answer. He will guide you through whatever season you're in or the season you're about to go in you can't see yet. That is who our God is. It's because he loves you. He cares for you. He wants nothing but the best for you. So in 2024, when we walk through seasons, two choices. Are we going to lean into God and trust who he is? Or are you going to turn away? With every head bowed and every eye closed, that's a question we all have to ask ourselves. And some of you in the room today, you're like, Sean, I'm, I'm in a season of challenge and I don't see the way out. Can I say just call to him? Reach out to him? He wants to guide you. Some of you may be in the room and this is your first time back in church and who knows how long. You just have thought that church is not for you and you've been hurt too many times before and can I promise you God did not hurt you and he wants to reconnect and have a, a relationship with you. And then there's another person in the room who has never accepted Jesus. You've never called on the name of Jesus so that you may be saved. So this morning, there is no better way to start your 2024 than to call to him and say, Father, I, I need a relationship with you. I've sinned. I'm a sinner and I need your grace. I believe that you died on a cross for my sins. Please come into my heart. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. In just a moment, we're going to sing a song of commitment. And Brother JT is going to be down front. If you need someone to pray with, JT would love to pray with you. If you want to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, oh man, we'd be so excited. Or maybe you're looking for a church home. Can I promise you the Forks is the best church around. We want to love on you. We want to connect with you. We want to do life with you. We want you to be a part of our family. So don't hesitate to 
listen to the still small voice of Jesus this morning. Father, we just come before you and thank you for how great you are. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, we thank you for your love. Father, we pray that as we sing together that, God, you will just work in the lives of each person in this room, those watching online. Father, that you will touch hearts and change lives as your Holy Spirit moves up and down each aisle. We praise you. Let's stand together as we sing, I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. Let's sing one more voice. You come now. Here we go. All to Jesus I surrender humbly at his feet I bow worldly pleasures all forsaken take me Jesus take me this morning. I want to just give you a couple of uh, small announcements. One, we will have youth group tonight. Um, if you are interested in maybe playing on the youth worship team or you have an interest in music like that, we're going to rehearse at 4.30 um, so you can come and join us there in the youth room. Um, youth tonight at 6 as usual and I wanted to remind you that next week we will start Coffee and Connections again. So uh, if you, I don't know if you've been to Coffee and Connections or not just yet, but come check that out. Pastor Todd and, and Kelly host that right in the cho children's wing. There's no need to pre-register or sign up like that. Just come and hang out with them at, at 6 o'clock. Um, at this time, I want to invite Justin to lead us in prayer, and I'll see you out in the atrium. Let's pray. Father God, we are so grateful um, that we can come and worship you today. God, you are the, the God that created the universe. You, you breathed life into existence. God, and yet we can come and, and we can have a personal connection with you. We can, we can talk to you. And God, thank you so much for Sean's, for Sean's word. Um, God, I pray that you would be with the Lester family. God, just be with us today as we leave. Um, don't let today just be another Sunday that we, we came and 
heard a good message and, and leave, God, let this, let this message um, change us. Let it impact our lives. God, I just pray that you would watch over us, keep us safe, uh, be with us as we leave. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.